got to be grateful for what you got but you don't understand it every sleep this night every tear i cry let me straight to you welcome to now hear this entertainment a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show as well as fans of music in general and a podcast for musicians singers songwriters artists entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Massachusetts, my guest is a singer-songwriter who has just released a new single and has two more new songs in the pipeline for release real soon. She has been very active performing live in different configurations, all the way up to a six-piece band, and continues to perform the national anthem at very high-profile sporting events. She was the guest on this show just over four years ago, back on episode 59. You've been hearing the new song of hers, entitled Call Home. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, the lovely Whitney Doucette. Hey, how are you? Whitney, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming back on NHTE. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. First things first, of course, is to have you tell the listeners all about your new song that we were just playing called Call Home. Ooh, well, I um, Call Home's a new song for me, and I really wanted to write a song about like really where I feel the most at home. Um, I've traveled around the country, and I feel most at home when I'm with my boyfriend. And was this something that you said, it's time for me to write something new? Was it, I've been sitting on this song for a while? Kind of what was the the timing of writing this? Obviously, we know what your inspiration was, but just talk about that timeline. I think um, I think I usually like, pop, like lyrics and stuff pop into my head when I'm driving sometimes. So I write them down and then they end up becoming things that I didn't even know like what they were going to be. Hmm. <laughs> So was this a case of where this idea came to you or were you kind of forcing yourself like, I need to get into songwriting mode, I need to put out something new or I I want to release a new single, let me kind of turn things up a notch in terms of really putting myself into that mindset? So I think this song definitely came to me. If I have to sit and like write and think I have to make a song, I think I'll get nothing. So Mm. I kind of have to like just be open-minded and let the ideas come to me. Okay. Okay. Well, I mentioned in the intro that you're right now in the throes of the release of that new single, but that you have two more new songs in the pipeline for release real soon. So two questions. One is, when can people look to see those songs become available? And number two, when people go see you perform live between now and whatever you're going to say is when those songs are going to be released, would they hear you performing them or are you keeping them under wraps until they're actually out? Um, I think the call home will be performed. Um, the other two will probably not be performed until they're out, but I think they should be out within the next couple months. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So soon then, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, in the lead up to our conversation today, you had told me that when the new songs come out, that they would be released on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So by including YouTube on that list, are you implying that there will be official music videos done for all these songs, or do you just mean lyric videos? I'm hoping to get lyric videos done, but the MP3 audios will be available too. I know uh, YouTube's a really big thing with um, the younger crowd too. So wherever my music can be heard, I, I hope that it ends up there. So you're implying the YouTube videos that get made for you, right? I think CD Baby maybe offers that service. Right. Yeah. They just put like a picture of of the album cover and then they just play the song. But I definitely want to do uh, lyric videos for them too. Cause I find those to be really fun to watch. Have you made a lyric video for any of your music before? I have not. I tried. I'm not very techy, <laughs> but I know of some people who can help me out. So that's my next thing on my list that I have to get done. Okay. Okay. And that you read my mind. I was going to ask you, would you be the one sitting there Obviously, you have the lyrics prepared already from when you record them, but I didn't know what that would look like if it's you sitting down with a video editor and actually typing this in yourself, or if it's, I've got someone that'll do that for me and it'll get done faster. If I knew how to do it and it would be good, I would totally do it myself. I'm very hands-on. I make all my album artwork. Wow. I just, I feel like I'd like to be part of the whole entire process. So if I can, then then I do. <laughs> Okay, shame on me because I, I I want to dig into something that you just said. I really don't know that I can remember talking with someone about the development of their album art. So when you say that you do that, is it that you use Photoshop? Is it I'm just talking about the photography? Like walk us through how that comes to be. So I have um, a really funny story about a song that I already released, uh, Lights Down Low, um, when I was doing the album art for that, I didn't really know what picture I was going to use. And then I took a selfie. I was like, Oh, typical, like bathroom selfie and edited it completely. So you did not know that wow. it was a selfie and you did not know that I was in the bathroom. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I, I think that it's just, it's really funny because you can do a lot with Photoshop and you can do a lot with like editing. Uh, but I just, I'll always know that, that picture that is on lights down low is a bathroom selfie <laughs> <laughs> so is that your software of choice is it actually photoshop i use a uh, pick monkey because uh i have the like the one that you like the premium one and they give you so many options they make it really user-friendly and you can save all your stuff onto there so that's the one i use so to be clear, you literally are doing the artwork 100%. It's not, I get it to a point where I think it's what I want it to be, and then I hand it off to a designer, and he or she puts finishing touches on it. It's It's 100% you? Yes. I have like a few friends that take photos for me, um, but I do, I do all of that. I feel like maybe some people might think I should have a designer do it, but I personally just like being in charge of everything. <laughs> well, and you know, as a creative, meaning both a songwriter and in this case, being able to have that vision for what you want and being able to translate that yourself, why not? And, and in this world of indie musicians and everyone taking the DIY approach, I see nothing wrong with that, especially if it can save you some money that you can use towards something where you say, okay, I can't cut corners in this area. So thank goodness I was able to save it in the area of cover art. 
Right. No, absolutely. And um, I do sometimes make a few different ones. And then I ask my friends like, hey, which one do you prefer? Just to have options. But still at the end of the day, like I'll pick my favorite and it'll be my my final decision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So even if it's heavily leaning towards another one, if it's just in your gut that, well, I'm glad I got some feedback, but I just can't not let it be this one here. (laughs) You have to go with your gut in everything you do, because then you're going to regret it if you're like, I knew I should have listen to myself. (laughs) So the artwork, though, is that something that you've done right from the very first song that you've released? Or is it something that you've just started to do more recently? Um, uh, No, I think that I've done all of them. All right. All right. Well, you know, it's not out of the question for an artist to release a three song EP. Is there a reason that you have decided to release the three songs as singles on the schedule that you're talking about the next couple of months, instead of saying, eh, I'm just going to put out all of them at once on an EP. Yeah, I think that, and just like music, musically and, and just keeping longevity going, it's such a hard, um, music business is like right now, everyone who's, who's in it, who's doing their independent stuff. It's really hard to always keep your name out there. So I personally like just doing singles so that you can, you can say, oh, I'm going to wait a couple of months. Oh, here I am again. Uh, if you do it all, all at once in a little EP, I feel like that's your big release. And then if you have nothing to release for a while, you're kind of stuck with like just lingering off of that. Yeah, you're right. And and I've often heard saying on the show that it has become very much a singles-driven industry. So I kind of assumed that's what you were going for, but I thought it was fair to ask the question because, as I said, it's not out of the question that someone puts out a three-song EP. And I thought, well, obviously, she had to know I can do it the way I'm going to do it or I can put them out all at once. But I just wanted to hear it in your own words anyways. Right. And I think if I did have it as an EP, the the songs go together. So it would have been it would have worked that way. But I just um, I, I like to go the other route. Well, you know, I talked to Daryl Friedman from the advocacy program underneath the Recording Academy umbrella, and he talked about that soon because we were talking about that, you know, physical units, which it's interesting that physical units, meaning CDs, are practically gone, and yet there's so many people that are starting to get interested all over again in vinyl. But the point he was making was that soon people won't even really be purchasing downloads anymore. It's just all headed towards where everything is going to be streaming. And that really struck a chord with me, no pun intended. And so (laughs) I just wonder, and this is probably listeners get used to hearing me ask this question of several guests. Whitney is going to be the first one. But I just wonder how you feel about that, because obviously we know that in the business, you make more money if someone purchases a download of your single off of, say, iTunes, for example, as opposed to streaming it on Spotify. But does that discourage you at all, Whitney, to, to think that the trend might go that way? Um, I have a few thoughts on that. So I definitely think that my core, core fans who have been with me will spend the 99 cents and help me out so that I can put more music out. But... Um, I think that it is a, it's a little scary and the quality of the music isn't the same when you stream it. I until last year I was still buying CDs because I like listening to like the full quality of the music and I use streaming um apps now I have Spotify and I I do love it because I can get to a bunch of music 
but it's not really the same when you're listening to it. It's not as deep. It's not as like dynamic. Well, and there's also something to be said for CDs in terms of you want to have something physical in your hand to hold, to put on a shelf. You want to have the CD booklet to look through. You want to read the liner notes. You want to see pictures, plural, that are going to be in there as opposed to the one digital image that's on your listening device. So I think we could probably make an argument for, as you said, for the downloads, but also still for CDs, even though you and I might be in the minority. <laughs> it's This is true. And I probably still will buy CDs if my favorite artists release one, That if they, if they still do. Um, and I'll never get rid of any of my old CDs. I have a music room in my house, and I took every single CD that I ever owned, and I made a collage on my wall. And it works out perfectly that you can still open and shut them. So if you want to take them out, off of the wall, you can do that. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think, I think we need to see a picture of that. That, that, that sounds like a good social media post for, for Whitney Doucette Instagram. Absolutely. I can send you a picture too. I think you'd like to see it. It's pretty do cool. It. Yeah. Send it. I'd love to see that. And listeners, by the way, that interview that I mentioned with Daryl Friedman from Advocacy, that's episode 270. If you want to go back and listen, the first half of that episode is Debbie Carroll, who is with Music Cares under the Recording Academy umbrella, and a very important episode because it talks about some assistance that's available to anyone that's in the music business in any capacity. And Whitney, it's interesting that you talked about the the story approach. On episode 268, two weeks earlier, Arbor Season, formerly known as Shane and Emily, they were talking about the new approach that they're going to take is putting out EPs where it's just one story broken up into, like you say, three songs or four songs. I, I had drawn the comparison to a short story, like a small little book that you take off a shelf and there's just four chapters in it, four stories in there that I'll make that up. So I like that yours go together. To me, it almost conjures up the image of seeing a movie and there's going to be a sequel. So it's, oh, I like this new song that Whitney put out. Now I have to wait for the next Whitney Doucette song to continue the story when she releases her next single. I like that idea that they're doing that as an as an EP with like stories too. That that's really interesting. Um, I think that I put out more <laughs> songs as it's a trio. That would be really cool. Listeners, I'm about to ask Whitney about the recording of her new songs, meaning where and with who. But here's where you should know that I am recording her over Skype right now, patched in through my Tascam Mini Studio Creator, the US 42 audio interface. I initially had the Tascam US 2x2 audio interface, but got turned on to this unit when I was initially taking it out to record interviews on location with my laptop. Of course, now I have the Tascam DR44WL handheld recorder for when I go record with someone face-to-face. Some solutions from them that you should know also include the DR60D MK2 handheld recorder mixer for DSLR. MSN just ranked at number one on their list of five best multi-track recorders. So that's great for so many of you that are doing so much with video. Check out all these items and a whole lot more at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M dot com. So Whitney, what about it? Where and with who are you doing all this recording? And for that matter, are these three new songs 100% written by you or was there co-writing on one or more of them? So lyrically, I mainly wrote 
all of the lyrics um, with the exception of a few lines here or there if I get stuck. Um, but I recorded them at Artesian Acoustics. And that is, in, I think it's like Marshfield, Massachusetts with two awesome producers, John and Eric. Um, I usually, well, I can't say usually because I wrote songs so many different ways, but the way that I presented the call home was I came to them with lyrics and I sang it to them a cappella, and they mm. kind of put music to it, how they heard me singing it. And then uh, other songs that I'm releasing, they kind of gave me like a track and I wrote lyrics to it. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. And and which approach did you find to be, I don't want to dumb it down, but I'll say easier. I think it's always easier when if I'm driving in my car and the lyrics just come to me, I have the whole song in my head the way I want it so I can sing it to them. Um, and then I know exactly what I'm like. I'm giving them exactly what my my heart and my song wants to be. But when they give me the track, it's fun to write to, to music too. I think it's probably easier when the lyrics come to me, but it's really fun when I'm given the track to write to. Well, that's an interesting approach both ways. I wonder, let's get into the the approach where you've already written the lyrics and you sing it to them a cappella because we do talk a lot in this show about the relationship with the artist and the producer. And Whitney, in my opinion, and I am eventually getting to a question with this, but in my opinion, if you're the artist and you're the one paying, it should come out the way you want to hear it. Now, granted, a lot of people will say that's true up until a point, but a producer gets paid for being a good producer and getting the best out of that song. But when you go and you sing it to them a cappella, and then they come back to you with some music, just talk about that place that you have to go where you might have to say, uh, not exactly. I know what you guys are trying to do, but maybe I need to sing it for you again. This isn't really what I was expecting to hear. It's your way of saying, no, you did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so actually doing this so many times, like I'm, I feel like I'm always afraid to hurt people's feelings and I yeah. never want to be like, uh, I don't like that. Yeah. So the way that you can, this is for all the songwriters out there that are listening, the way that you can approach this that I find to be really helpful when you're preparing your kind of um, presentation of the song, have a few example songs with you that have sounds in them that you like so that if they give you something back that you don't really like that much, you can say, how about a little bit more like the one I showed you? And then it can be like without feeling like you were being mean to them. <laughs> yeah, or the, and and. One word that came into my head after I released that question over to you was for them to sit there and listen to you and go, diva. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty tough. So if anyone like tried saying that to me, I would laugh. I would just be like, I don't know, like, what you want me to do here? We're, we have to make a song. So we have to team up. But um I probably have been a diva a few times like, no, 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 we need to do this. But it's more on my part, like the diva ish in me is I need to sing that again. So it comes out way better. And and they're mm. usually like, oh, no, it was fine. And I'm like, no, 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 wow. I can sing that way better. Please wow. let me. So if I'm a diva, it's on me. But that's good, though, because you're 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 trying to get the maximum out of yourself and out of those that you're working with to make it the best song possible, because it's not unlike what you said before 
with the artwork, you know, and, and asking friends about which one should I go with. You never want that song to be released and say, ah, darn it, I still wish I would have re-sang that bridge. Right, right. And that's my work ethic in general. You just have to, if you don't put 100%, I feel like what's the point, you know? So if you have to redo vocals a million times until you are satisfied, that is just way better at the end of the day than putting a song out where you're like, eh, it was okay. Yeah, and you never know when someone's going to be introduced to Whitney Doucette for the first time. So it might be the fifth song that you've recorded or released in the space of a year if you're putting out a bunch of singles. But if that's the first Whitney Doucette song that someone ever hears, you want them to come away with the best impression and not, oh, that's the one that I, you know, insert shortcut here, and they judge you on that. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, because I was asking you where you do all your recording, I must say that I have wondered, is there a Nashville trip anywhere in your future, meaning to write and or record and or perform there? Or or for that matter, will the day come when you leave the Northeast and move to Nashville? Or or is Massachusetts your permanent home regardless? Um, I'm not saying that I would never move down there. Um, I have a one, one of my friends, they're like frequent quotes is all it takes is money. <laughs> so <laughs> if by chance I hit the lotto, oh, I would definitely like be like, all right, we're going, let's go. Like, but right, right now I have, um, I have a lot going on here with my music and I would definitely travel down there to record. Um, I go down at least once a year anyway. Um, but to move there, I mean, that would be really awesome. I think, I think eventually I'd probably end up at least with like a, like a little place there that I can land if I needed to like go every couple months or something. Yeah. But it, but it sounds like I'm not the first person to ask you that you're just having to think of this answer for the first time. Obviously you do think about Nashville once in a while. Yeah. Um, I think so ideally, and this is obviously like, this is like us dreaming about winning the lottery, but (laughs) ideally I would like to be able to have a, maybe like a little second home there that I can just go back and forth. That would be the, ideally but for me I can't imagine leaving my family like I have like the sweetest little like 93 year old grandfather here I would hate to like miss being able to see him all the time and my my parents but I'm close with my whole family so well and I must say that at the beginning of the show when I asked you to tell the listeners about call home the way you started your answer I thought for sure you were going to talk about Massachusetts or the New England area and, and that that type of this is the place I call home. I just would have a hard time leaving here. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely part of the whole song. Um, it has like one of those it's one of those songs with two meanings. Like it's the song that I wrote about my boyfriend. It's also the song that I wrote about like I've been to all these places, but this place that I live is where my heart is, where I grew up. So this is definitely where I call home. So yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is do not turn down an interview opportunity just because the host is in a different country. 
especially when it comes to podcasting. Nowadays, interviews are accessible all over the world thanks to websites and apps. I had someone in the U.S. ask me if they should really do an interview with someone because the host was based in Ireland. Of course you should. It helps you get reps, you build up inventory that you can show people that you've done, and it always makes for a good social media post. Geography means nothing in this context. Say yes to those international interview opportunities. You never know what else can come from them. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Whitney, moving on, over the five-plus years of this show, I've talked with a lot of guests who are on, say, American Idol or The Voice or America's Got Talent, and they're still holding on to that as a big part of their marketing, even though it's well in their rearview mirror. Four years ago when I had you on the show, your onstage performance with Keith Urban during one of his concerts was still relatively fresh, but now I see that it's just another line in your bio, and you're not holding on to and trumpeting that. Just just talk about that decision that an artist faces in terms of when to decide, okay, it's time to not make that my headline anymore. So that's a tricky one because I feel like every accomplishment that you do, you add it to your bio and you, it, it becomes a part of you. So if in the future, if someone has... Like, hey, what are what are like the most exciting performances you've ever done? I definitely think that one will pop up. Um, it's definitely not like the first thing I do when I meet someone. Hey, I'm Whitney. I sing with Keith Urban. <laughs> but um, right, right. I definitely do keep it in my bio. Like if I'm sending out um, an email to a, a venue that I want to play at, there's a link of that video definitely in there. So <laughs> I haven't really erased it. Well, yeah, I'm I'm going to roll the dice on this one, but... Would you say that any opportunities that came as a result of that performance with Keith could be plotted predictably on a graph, meaning the most came immediately after that, but it just tapered off and tapered off as the years have gone by? Or or can you actually say that you've still gotten one or two somethings somewhat recently, say the last six months, just because of that? I definitely don't think in the past six months that I've gotten anything just because of that. But I think it's just the, like I've been doing music for, I think now for over 10 years. So I think it's just the experiences in general that I've done that have made me more aware of how to perform and how to um, be present when I'm performing and, and, and talk to people and, and, kind of network that that I don't think that it's just that one thing. So definitely not just the Keith Urban thing that has gotten me opportunities, but I think it's just like the you build your bio and it gets bigger and and you get to say I've done all these things, I'd like to do more. Yeah, people are looking at your body of work as opposed to like I said, ooh, this person was on American Idol. Well, yeah, 5 years ago, but you know, what have you done for me lately kind of business and and so I like 
the answer that you're giving because I think there is a temptation to still hold on to the biggest highlight and make it the biggest highlight, even though, and I must say, when I'm looking at potential guests for the show, I'm looking for the big picture. I'm looking for, can they fill a 45-minute conversation? Do we have enough we can talk about? Are they creating original music? Do they have a following? There's a lot of things that I evaluate. And so if you just told me, I sang with Keith Urban, I'd go, okay, that's one question I can ask you that we can talk about, but what are we going to talk about the rest of the time? So that will get you the door opened, but whether or not it actually translates to something else, I, I love that you are seeing the big picture and saying, I'm doing a lot and I want people to see everything. Yeah, that's one of the things I want people to see, but I want people to see all the different facets of Whitney Doucette music. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and if I, if I was on American Idol, I, you, I definitely would be using that for as long as I could. I'd be like, hey, but I was on Idol. <laughs> Well, and again, like I said, I get that, but you know, it's 2019, and if you were on American Idol in 2014, I would say, well, okay, <laughs> you know, you didn't win. It was five years ago. A lot of other people have been on since then. What are you doing today? You know, that, thanks for telling me about your experience on Idol, but what are you doing in 2019? Right. That's true. So if you were just on American Idol and that's all you did, I guess, it, are you really still a musician if you're not, if you aren't doing anything else. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, I, I, I apologize to the person I'm about to talk about. But, you know, here's Mark Andrew way back on episode 83 of the show that was on both that was on American Idol and The Voice and pretty much came on that episode of Now Hear This Entertainment to say, and I'm still grinding it out up here in Minnesota, you know, slugging away in the, in the bar gigs and stuff like that. So here's a guy that can say I've been on both, and yet it didn't do for him what people want those shows to do. I think people feel there's so much cachet in I was on one or I was on both, and there he was saying, you know, it was good and all, but I didn't win either one, and I'm still kind of doing the same stuff I was before. So let's not kid ourselves that that's going to completely change your career, just like being with Keith Urban on stage during one of his concerts for a whole song, it was a wonderful moment for you, but it didn't change your career. Right. No, absolutely. And I think when it comes down to it, you can get all these really cool opportunities, but it's still, you have to be able to hustle and you have to be able to, you know, keep your head like in your hands and your feet in the, in this game. So if you're going to have all these opportunities, you should be able to find a way to maximize them to the potential instead of just kind of being like, yeah, I was on that. Yeah, exactly. You can't sit back and put your feet up on the desk and wait for the phone to ring. You have to say, okay, this can benefit me now. Let me go see what I can turn it into. And so here's Whitney Doucette all these years later, still performing, doing even more than she was back then. So, you know, maybe there was a effect that's not really on the surface, but here you are, you've got three new songs coming out. You're performing more and more every time I look, which I follow all my guests on social media, but I'm always impressed, Whitney, with how much more you seem to be doing all the time. Thank you. I try to stay busy. <laughs> Listeners, I am joined on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Massachusetts by singer-songwriter Whitney Doucette. Do visit her official website at WhitneyDoucette.com. Of course, there will be a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you are on her site, you will see the links for her social media. Follow and engage with her on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. 
Keep up with Whitney so you can see when and where you can go see her perform live. There are lots of shows coming up in May and June. There's also a link on her website for Whitney Doucette on SoundCloud, which, as you know, is one of the platforms that this show is available on. She does already have some other songs out there on Spotify and iTunes slash Apple Music. So please support her not only through social media likes, follows, and engagement, but by purchasing downloads of her music. Hopefully many of you get on the social media platforms for this show regularly. If so, you see that I do a lot of speaking engagements, so much so that we are currently launching a website dedicated just to that at speakerbrucew.com. There is a video on that site that will also be on the Now Hear This YouTube channel. But the point here is that if you have an event that you would like to see about having me come to speak at, do get in touch either through the usual website for this show or, again, look at the brand new speakerbrucew.com site. Whitney, of course, there are all your national anthem performances that you continue to do as well. Opening day for the New England Patriots, two Boston Bruins games this season, Monster Jam a couple months ago. Plus, I know that you're hoping to do a Red Sox game. Listeners, I do hope you'll go back and listen to Whitney's first appearance on NHTE back on episode 59. But Whitney, four years later, are you seeing even more benefit to these high-profile national anthem performances? Um, yeah, I, I think that... Um... If, if anything, if, if it's not a benefit to my music career, it's definitely a benefit for my adrenaline rush. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's like the craziest thing uh, when you're singing in front of that many people. I, I can't explain it, but it feels like flying. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, shifting away from those solo performances, meaning the national anthem, I would think that when you do full band shows, it has to be a lot more fun and exciting. So how do you keep yourself just as enthused when you're performing shows in your duo configuration? Like what's a, what's a tip or two that you can share with the listeners that way? For a duo. Um, I think that you can get away with a lot more with a duo. You, if someone requests a song and you might know a little bit of it, you can probably get away with singing it versus if you were with a full band and someone requested a song and you never rehearsed it, like it's probably not going to mm. work. So I, I enjoy playing with um, the acoustic duos. We get to experiment a little bit more and, and have a little bit more freedom with the songs that we sing. So they, I think they both have their, their benefits and, in fun funness, if that's a word, <laughs> but um, song lists and stuff is it gets bigger with the duo. Yeah, because I was wondering, you know, it's so fun and, and so exciting to have the full band on stage, just a real great atmosphere. So I was challenging myself to think, well, she does a lot of duo performances. So how can you get yourself as up for a duo show as you do? for when it's the whole band, but it sounds like you're saying, because there's a lot of different benefits, a lot of different things that I can do in the duo, and it's exciting to be able to do those since I can't do them with a band, yes? Yeah, there's a few like rap songs that I'll do that people won't expect me to do because they know me as the country singer, <laughs> um, but I, I would probably not perform them with the band just because it would be um, just like, if you have a band, you kind of keep it as like a in in one one or two genres. So I don't try to reach out too far, but um, 
yeah, I get to do a lot of different different songs. But I like, and I, I wish I would have written this down for myself earlier on. You said something about being present in your performances. And I know that you also do voice lessons. So I just want people to hear a little bit from you that way, because I think you have some advice that you can probably give. Explain that when you talk about being present in your performance. So this is something that I do try to pass on to my students too, when they're choosing songs they're going to perform. If you can't really connect with the song, it's going to be hard for you to communicate it with the audience. And if you're just singing a song that, for example, if you're 14 years old and you're singing a song about being a mom with kids, like you're probably <laughs> not going to really get that. And when I was when I was 14, like I used to listen to Sarah Evans and she'd have a lot of songs about that because that's what she was going through and I'd like them. And I was like, I'm going to sing these. And people were like, but you don't get that. And I'm like, you're right. Oh, so choosing songs that you can connect with that you can understand the lyrics makes a huge difference when you're performing it because if you can't connect with the audience there's going to be something missing that maybe the audience won't be able to pick out but they'll just be like um there's something missing with this where's that x factor that you're trying mm. to like hear let's see this is interesting because when you said it earlier during our conversation about being present i actually pictured being present, meaning that your mind is only on what you're doing at that moment and not thinking about, oh, crap, when I get home tonight, I have to remember to X, Y, Z. But I know that there are musicians that do struggle with that. I had someone tell me that they sit on stage and as they're strumming their guitar and singing, they're actually thinking about something that has nothing to do with where they are. So how can they do better, Whitney, at being present in that sense of really diving into the song instead of thinking about the errands that they have to run the next morning? I don't know. I would say maybe like figure out how you can meditate or something. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I have been up on stage and you will not believe what kind of commercial jingles will pop into my head. And I'm like, what am I thinking about? Like, why is the Charmin commercial popping into my head when I should be performing? But you have to be able to reel yourself in. If There's going to be a few songs in like a three-hour set that maybe you don't like, but you have to sing because it's a crowd pleaser. Mm. Make just start focusing on um, – focus on – every word that you're singing that will help you not think about random things like toilet paper commercials. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know that one tip that I've always held on to, and if you've listened to this show long enough, and this is where I have to pause myself to say thank you, because I certainly do appreciate those who listen every week, whether it's your first time listening to NHTE or if you've been a longtime listener, I really do appreciate it. I, I want you to know how genuine I am when I say that. But if you've listened long enough, you've heard me talk about Mark Allen Barnett, who has been on this show twice. He's a singer-songwriter in Nashville who has written over 3,000 songs. And Mab, as he's affectionately known because of his initials, Mark Allen Barnett, Way, way back on episode 12, which is one of the most listened to episodes of this show, Mab talked about that you get the whole room to buy in one table at a time. And so he's talking about exactly what Whitney is saying, which is, okay, maybe you just focus on this table right here and you perform to them and you make sure that they're that they're connecting with you. And then you shift over to the next table and you get them to buy in also. Now you've got the front two tables. Okay, great. Now what about the table over there? And you build the whole room. Of course, he also talked about that you really should talk to people before the show. Maybe you get to a little know something about them. And in Whitney's case, 
you know, she might find a Miami Dolphins fan in the crowd and play off the New New England Patriots being the hometown team and say, I know these folks over here don't want to hear it. They're Dolphins fans. Well, now they're going to listen to her. And so that's how you build the room. So if you can do some of the things that, that Whitney's talking about and take some advice from Mab, hopefully it'll put you in a better place where you're not thinking about I, I know your weak your weak spot, Whitney, is Dunkin' Donuts. If someone has a Dunkin' Donuts cup in the audience, that's going to distract you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be like, yo, what's in that? Can I have it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, listeners, Whitney's full band has bass, drums, keys, and two guitars, in addition, obviously, to herself on lead vocals. If you are looking for a guitar or a bass or even a ukulele, too, I want to make sure you know about Boulder Creek Guitars, which is what I play. Shame on me that I don't really talk about this, but you can actually get a custom-built guitar from Boulder Creek. Go to their website first to learn all about the suspended bracing system that makes their instruments so unique. And then if you want, I can even put you directly in touch with Jeff Stramitz, the CEO of Boulder Creek, who is, by the way, the guest on episode 241 of this show. He's a multi-instrumentalist and a regular gigging musician just like you, so he understands you completely. Visit bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Whitney, a couple times you see me when I comment on your Instagram posts that I am so happy to see that you've been getting more and more live shows as time has gone on since our first conversation four years ago on episode 59. But boy, would we love to see you perform down here in Florida. So the same question as I asked you back in 2015, any plans to do shows outside the Northeast, hopefully even in 2019, maybe? Um, I 100% am on board with performing anywhere. I just have to make sure that I get a guitar player that would come with me. <laughs> ah, and thus the flexibility of it can be as small as a duo act. Right, yeah, that that would be awesome. I think if the, uh, the right opportunities came across, though, I'm pretty sure I could get like the full band on board to go somewhere. <laughs> is it one or the other, or is there another configuration that I'm not saying? Is it duo act or the six-piece band, or is there some other configuration that maybe sometimes pops up for a specific reason? Um. Do you mean like an, another performance, like, maybe like sometimes, a trio? Yeah, yeah. Maybe sometimes <laughs> it's a trio or maybe sometimes it's a four-piece band instead of the six. Um, Recently, I haven't, but I definitely would. Actually, no, I lied. I definitely do a trio. We play at a college bar sometimes, and it's so much funner when we have acoustic guitar, a drum, a drummer, and myself. Ah, okay, okay. And that, too, probably is getting back to that question about you know, how do you come with that same excitement? It's probably like, whoa, well, this is different. It's not the duo and it's not the full band. So this will be fun. Yeah, it, it's exciting, especially for, for like the college scene. You need to have a lot going on. I think that they just, most college kids, if they're going out, they're just trying to have a good time. Well, that's good that you're understanding all these different audiences, what the dynamic is and what they want, which gets back to the audience building and being able to connect with them a whole lot faster so that they're dialed in from the first song to the last song. Yeah. And I really liked what you said about, um, you know, getting 
the audience table by table. I, I don't think I've ever looked at it that way, but now I'm going to, and I will follow up because I'm going to try it this weekend <laughs> and I'll follow up with you how it works. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. We're going to close today with another song of yours called Lights Down Low. So before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Um, this song was like another song that came to me when, when I was singing, I, I didn't realize there was like two pop songs out on the radio. I think the songs were called like lights down low. Um, it didn't, I didn't try to copy them at all. It just kind of is how it came across, but it's kind of like a, maybe more of an adultier song. I like it. (laughs) Now, when you say it came to you while you were singing. Oh, I guess singing in the car. I am always singing in the car if I hear like a beat that I like I'll turn the radio off and just start singing my own lyrics to see what I can come up with interesting okay because I know that I've heard songwriters who have said I don't want to be influenced by another song I just want to come up with something original on my own so this is this might be a first for me that that's kind of to me that's a special talent to be able to hear a song and say okay that gives me an idea for an original song of my own and then you just develop it from there yeah usually it's not like um not like a melody of the song it's usually like a little guitar piece like a I can't even I'm not gonna make it guitar noises with my mouth but it's usually like a, a few chords or something that I can that ring really well with me and I'm like all right so I turn the radio off so that I don't listen too deeply into the song and then you kind of get stuck with what that song is mm. I pause mm. everything and then I start singing my my own words singing your own words too so so you get a little melody in your head that maybe you sing into your phone and then right away you try to follow behind it with some lyrics yeah. And, um, I do it all. I use Siri when I'm driving, so don't worry. <laughs> I like Siri <laughs> record me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's a unique approach. And, uh, here we are 272 episodes in and they say you learn something new every day. So listeners, I know there have been a lot of good takeaways from Whitney. So Whitney, wonderful to talk to you again. Congratulations on the new song. We'll look forward to the release of these other two coming soon and just continued best wishes. It's so wonderful to see you continuing to do more and more over the years and just wish you nothing but the continued best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah, an absolute pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to the lovely Whitney Doucette for coming back on the show. Do visit her official website. It's WhitneyDoucette.com. And by the way, for the band, there is a separate website, Whitney Doucette and moonshineband.com. There will be links to both of those sites on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And again, get with Whitney on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Keep up with her online for everything she has going on, the new songs that she's going to be releasing, her live dates, all the news that she continues to make. Again, just like this show, you can also find Whitney on SoundCloud, but do support her by purchasing downloads of her music through the likes of iTunes slash Apple Music or Amazon Music, for example. Speaking of online destinations, as I mentioned before, a new website is launching called speakerbrucew.com. If you have something that you're planning where it would be a good fit, I would love to come be a speaker at your event. Watch the video of some of my speaking highlights on that website, or it's on the Now Hear This YouTube channel as well. Look at some of the speaking topics and get in touch to see about arranging to have me 
as part of your event. Check out speakerbrucew.com. I'd love to hear from you and be a part of whatever you're organizing. Thanks ever so much for listening. I really, really do appreciate it. We'll send you out today with another song from singer-songwriter Whitney Doucette. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Lights Down Low. 